And good morning to you. Peace be with you. Also with you. And we're delighted to have you with us again in worship on this Sunday. We have, uh, <laughs> you're probably grateful that the uh, announcements are brief and few, but I just want to let you know that um, uh, if you're having a, a rough time during this season that we find ourselves in, the worst advice that anyone could give you, and I won't give you this advice, the worst advice would be to just stay within yourself and not reach out. And so I encourage you to make phone calls. Our office is staffed from uh, 9 in the morning till 2 o'clock in the afternoon, Monday through Thursday, and, you know, call. Um, you have numbers here of uh, fellow congregants. Call. Um, it's, it's not a sign of weakness uh, to, to uh, uh, reach out. It just isn't. And that has been heavy on my heart, and I bring it uh, to your attention right now. Now, the other thing is that my, your heart may be touched or those that you haven't seen in a while. And I know that we've been making calls, and maybe those calls and those letters and those prayers have maybe kind of drifted off into this quote-unquote new normal. Let's not do that. Let's step up our reaching out to uh, our friends and family and church members and neighbors to let them know um, that are being thought of. And uh, if you do that, I appreciate it. Uh, and, and to all of our international listeners and so forth, that goes for you too. Uh, certainly in Brazil or Pakistan or uh, Sean, where else are we? Uh, Yugoslavia, I think we had. I mean, we have people reach out to your neighbors and uh, let them know that you're praying for them and that there is hope. And uh, uh, that would be pleasing not only to your pastor here, but to our Father who is in heaven. And now we start our service again in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit with our opening hymn. My life flows on in endless song
We do come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. This is a wonderful Sunday. It is a Sunday where we honor all women, mothers especially, and we have a special blessing on them. Blessing and honor to our God of love. Praise the Lord who gives us the women we have known in our lives. A woman of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. She provides for her family. She sets about her work with diligence. It is in God that we have been brought out of the womb, being led to trust in the Lord, even at our mother's breast. Thanks be to God. For blessings us with mothers and grandmothers and aunts. Praise be to God. For sending us loving foster mothers and adopted aunts and other women who have cared for us. Glory to God. For our women, our wives, our daughters, our sisters, our friends, and our mothers. Praise God for all of them. For the name of God is glorified through their lives. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's take a moment of silence and self-reflection. Let us confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world and for the well-being of the church of God and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you. And also with you. Amen. Let us pray. O oh God, you make the minds of your faithful to be of one will. Grant that we may love what you have commanded and desire what you promise. That among the many changes of this world, our hearts may be fixed where true joys are found. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated, and now is our scripture readings. The first reading this morning is from the book of Acts. That is the Acts of the, the Apostles Peter and Paul, as recorded by an eyewitness, St. Luke. Chapter 6, verses 1 through 9, followed by chapter 7, verse 2, and then continues to verse 51 through 60. Acts chapter 6, beginning with the first verse. In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. Opposition arose, however, from members of the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the provinces of 
Cilicia, and Asia, who began to argue with Stephen. To this he replied, Brothers and fathers, listen to me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham while he was still in Mesopotamia, before he lived in Haran. You stiff-necked people, your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You are just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet your ancestors did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And now you have betrayed and murdered him, you who have received the law that was given through angels but have not obeyed it. When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. Our next reading will be Psalm 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Blessed are those whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. Now, the epistle this morning is taken from the first book of Peter, chapter 2, verses 2 through 10. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him 
will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Hallelujah. The Holy Gospel according to St. John from the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading this morning is taken from the book of St. John, chapter 14, verses 1 through 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going. So how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. And Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. 
or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Another bit of scripture for you right here. Um, But truly God has listened. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. Psalm 66, verses 19 through 20. And once again, in the name of Jesus, because we know that nothing good comes from any other source. We end every prayer with the word, Amen. And as Luther says, Amen, Amen, means yes, yes, it shall be so. The word, Amen, is a word of confidence and certainly, rather, in certainty, by saying amen, we are saying truly, God has listened. We are certain that God listens because God is our Father. He adopted you when you were baptized and given the spirit of adoption. You belong to God's family, the church. And if you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. God listens because he is the Father. And we are certain that God listens because he loves us. You know that God loves you because he gave his beloved son for you. He permitted his son to go through the cross and into the grave because he was determined. He was determined to rescue you from sin and from death. We know this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. John chapter 3, verse 16. We are certain that God listens to us because Jesus won't let him forget about us. Jesus did not stay dead. 
God raised him from the dead, and he sat Jesus at his right hand, and there Jesus sits for you. He sits at the Father's side, whispering your name into his ears. Jesus prays for you. He takes your petition, and he says to God, answer these prayers for my sake. As Hebrews says, he is able to save to the uttermost since he always lives to make intercession for us. That is Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. The evidence is there. When you pray for forgiveness, you can say amen. Because God is your Father. When you ask God for health, or you ask him to rescue you from any danger, you can say amen. Because he has a self-sacrificing love for you. When you ask for food, for clothing, for family, friends, or anything else, you can say amen. Because Jesus is there to make sure your petitions are heard. John 16, 13 says, however, when we were, or excuse me, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Once again, that's John chapter 16, verse 13. A lot of Christians out there operate under a false notion of how things have happened. You know, first, Jesus came and died and rose. And then he went away to heaven. And now the Spirit comes and inspires us to do just about anything and go where he leads. Now this might seem strange. It might mean strange practices for some like speaking in tongues to prove that we have the Spirit. It might mean for others approving of sin, approving of homosexual sin, approving of abortions, approving of all kinds of things as being natural and God-pleasing. Pretty much anything goes as long as we say it's from the Spirit, and that's false. God's word does not say that. Jesus says something completely different. He says the Spirit doesn't come to do his own thing. The Spirit comes to guide us into all truth and teach us what he hears. Remember that Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. So by guiding us into the truth, the Spirit is actually bringing us to Jesus. 
Jesus is the center of our faith. His becoming man and suffering, dying and rising for our sins is the work that he accomplished for our salvation. The Spirit's work is that by the preaching of the word, that Jesus' forgiveness is bestowed upon us. That his forgiveness, the gospel, is done unto us through the Spirit. Here's a simple test for you to take to heart and to practice. Are you ready? Does what is preached and taught, what you are reading and hearing, does that point to Jesus? Does it point to his death and resurrection for your salvation? Does it point to his forgiveness delivered at the font in baptism by your pastor absolving you and by the supper of Jesus' body and blood? If so, then that's the Holy Spirit at work leading and guiding you into all truth. Jesus is the truth. But if what is preached, if what is taught, if what you read, if that appears to point you to your feelings, if it's pointing you to how do you feel about this, or to something that isn't really about Jesus, then it is not the Holy Spirit. And you ought to run away from that. Jesus has sent his Spirit so that the whole world will know him and his saving works. The Spirit and your pastor points to Jesus. Let's talk about prayer. Go ahead and ask. Because of Jesus' own words in the gospel this morning, now you can pray. Now you can ask. It comes right out of the gospel reading where the Lord says, until now, in the English Standard Version, and it says, until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. But how often is this gracious gift, this gracious invitation, unheeded? And why? Why is it that people have such a hard time praying? When Adam and Eve heard in the garden the sound of the Lord God coming, well, they turned tail and they ran and they hid. They tried to hide. You know why. It's the same reason that you try to hide from him. There's fear that he is coming to get you, to punish you to pay you out what you deserve, or what I suspect many fear nowadays, to take away your fun, 
to deprive you of doing what you want to do, what you deserve to do, what you have a right to do. And when the real God comes on the scene, then the play acting that we all have done, where we are calling the shots, is over. And honestly, who wants that game to end? You mean I'm not in charge? I don't want that game to end. So often our flesh, our flesh tells us it's just better to avoid him, to stay away, to not pray. But a people who do not pray, who refuse to live in communion with God, who instead pretend that they are on their own and pursue their own way, doing their own thing, such a people soon come to grief. Because the world itself was created to be nothing but communion with God. And that betrays them at every hand, those that think that many roads lead to heaven, I don't really need to commune with God. The world, it betrays them. And at every hand they play, death, death's dogs are nipping at their every step. Death, the final end to the foolish games we play, Death is where there is no more running and no more hiding. When death comes to you, you will talk to him, whether you like it or not. There's no evading the moment of standing naked and alone before his throne with all of your life as an open book. And there's nothing like the fear of death to turn people to God. Think of Numbers chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. They were grumbling about the way God was saving them, was leading them, had rescued them. They were grumbling. We have no food to eat, they said. And we hate this worthless food. This Miraculous manna from heaven. Whoa. God decided it was time to give them something to really complain about. And he does. We read in Numbers 21, verse 6, Then the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, so that many people of Israel died. Now the fiery serpents invaded the camp, and and the people did indeed get bitten and began to die. And in their terror, they turned to Moses, and they asked him to pray for them, to stand before the Lord and ask for what they did not deserve, to ask the Lord for mercy. And Moses does so And God answers with the snake on a stick raised up for any who will humble themselves to look up 
and to see a picture of God's coming redemption. And we know that those who did, miraculously, miraculously they lived. And we know by God's word that those who did not look up, those who did not humble themselves, they perished. You see, no matter what that old fiery serpent whispers to you in your ear about how much God is against you or how much God is about how he only wants to deprive you of life, steal your fun, no matter what he whispers that God wants to destroy you or to take from you all of your freedom, all of your fun, the snake on the pole shows that it's all a lie. Everything that the fiery serpent says as truth is a lie. And the truth is this. The one you've been running from, hiding from, not talking to, pretending he wasn't there even as he kept you alive. He's the one that loves you. St. Paul put it like this in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. He says, Prayer of all sorts is good and pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. The truth. Jesus. And what is that truth? For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. Jesus is the ransom. Jesus, the one who was prefigured by the snake on the pole. Jesus, nailed to the tree as your ransom, as my ransom. That's the testimony. That's the truth of God. That's how much he is not against you. Not out to destroy you. Not out to take away from you anything, but that which would deal you death, eternal death. And he took that away from you by taking it upon, into himself. That's how much he loves you. Our Lord knows that this residual fear is what spoils our prayer, that leads us to run the other way when we sense that present, that presence. We know that residual fear is 
what causes us to fight against the truth and fight against prayer rather than rest in it. To not, to not speak to him, him whose presence surrounds us wherever we go. And so Jesus says on the night before he was nailed to the tree and lifted up as our ransom, he says, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and believed that I came from God. Do you get that? Do you get that? Do you let those words sink in? The Father himself loves you. And you don't have to run away from him. When you look at the cross, you see, you see that your Father loved you so much as to give his most precious treasure to forgive your sins, to blot out the accusations of the law that were against you, to impart to you his life as a free gift. When you realize that, the running stops. The hiding stops. The ignoring of God stops. Look at the cross that heals your fears. And we don't have to wait until the game of hide-and-seek is over. You know that. We stand... Well, we've already stood before the seat and we died a death like his. So you don't have to wait until the game of hide and seek is over and we stand before the judgment seat. We stand before the cross, the cross right now and see the judgment. And the judgment is this, that God loves you with a love that is unfathomable, unshakable, and that his desire for us from the beginning has always been that we share in his eternal love, that we receive from him the gift of love that never ends. We can look at the cross and see the judgment of God against all sin, the eternal death that we choose for ourselves when we run from him and try to find life in the stuff of creation. In the cross, it's all there. In the cross, it's finished and accomplished. In the cross, it's all answered for. In the cross, it was all forgiven. And life is being reached out and given to us there, right there, life from the cross through his body, through his blood for you. From the cross, the forgiveness of sins, the embrace of the Holy One which he gives not to destroy you but to heal you forever. Beneath the cross as our true tree of life, we see that God has never been against us no matter 
how it seemed. No matter what fear Satan planted in our heart, we know that from before this creation, the lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. At the heart of God has always stood the cross. He created us knowing that he would so redeem us to display for all the ages the glory and the marvel of his love. Stop the running, my friends. Stop living your days avoiding him. Let your days be wrapped in prayer for the one to whom you speak to and ask for every good is the one whose heart was open for all the world to see on Golgotha, the one who gave his son into death, that you, the eternal object of his love, might have a life that does not end. Speak to him. Come to him in the name of his beloved son. Your eyes fixed upon his cross. And know that in the name of this mediator, by the power of his spirit, every promise of God to you is yes and amen. In him you have nothing, nothing to fear. In the name of Jesus, amen. Our hymn of the day is Here I Bow.
Please stand. Let us now confess together our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for all people in accordance to their needs. As newborn infants who long for the pure spiritual milk, so let us come before the Lord seeking his mercy with confidence that his grace will be sufficient for all of our needs. Almighty Father, everlasting God, your Son has revealed you to us as a merciful Lord. Give to us your Holy Spirit that we may believe in him who you have sent and do the greater works he has told us we will do in his name. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, you have promised to build up your church to be a holy priesthood, that your people might offer the spiritual sacrifices of praise and thanksgiving acceptable to you. Bless your church and bring all congregations back together again. Bless all pastors who proclaim Christ to us. Bless all church workers and those preparing for full-time church vocations that your church may be supplied with faithful leaders and servants of your word. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, your power brought all things into being, and still you preserve what you have made. Bless our president the Congress of these United States, our governor, and all elected and appointed civil servants that, you, that they may honor you and your purpose, establishing order and justice, encouraging virtue, and protecting all life. 
Give wisdom and moderation to them in their leadership for the well-being of the nation. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. O merciful Father, you have compassion upon the sick and those in need and have promised not to ignore them in their afflictions. Turn back the pandemic across the globe and give us relief. Bless the sick with healing, those who suffer with strength and patience, and the dying with a peace. Hear us on behalf of those who have requested our prayers, Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Gracious God, you have established the home and bless those who show us your love. Bless all mothers and the children in their care. Bless all families and make their homes places of blessing and love where your wisdom is spoken, forgiveness reigns, and love is displayed. Give us good examples to inspire youth to all that is good and pure, and to let after to seek after these things. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, you have given us the wisdom of faith that through the Spirit we might know your Son to be the way, the truth, and the life. Bless all those who teach and all who learn that the goal of our knowledge may be to know Christ and to make him known. Do not let your word be bound, but let it have free course amongst us. Preserve those in isolation from idleness, and instead let our minds be renewed in Scripture and in prayer. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Compassionate Father, you are not aloof, from the needs of this body and life. And you have called us to love our neighbor in need and to give aid to the poor. Give us courage and faith that we may not fear sharing the resources that you have supplied with those who live in want, especially the widow, the orphan, and the unemployed. Let love be perfected among us to drive out selfish fears. Lord, in your mercy... Hear our prayer. Eternal Father of an eternal mercy, you have raised up witnesses in every age and blessed us with those who endured suffering and even death in faithfulness to Christ. We give you thanks for these faithful saints and martyrs, and we pray you to make us strong when we face the day of test that at length we may be brought with them into the joy of your presence and the glory of everlasting life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And we praise you, God, for your goodness in hearing the prayers of your people and granting us confidence to approach your throne of mercy. Hear us now in the name of in the name of and for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, through whom, with whom, and in whom, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours. Almighty Father, both now and forevermore. Amen.
And now, normally we would be sharing the peace. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. Let us share the peace. Will you pray with me now? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, almighty and ever-living God, but chiefly we are bound to praise you for the glorious resurrection of our Lord, for he is the true Passover lamb who gave himself to take away our sin, who by his death has destroyed death, and by his rising has brought us to eternal life. And so with Mary Magdalene and Peter and all the witnesses of the resurrection, with the earth and the sea and all their creatures and with angels and archangels, cherubim and seraphim, we praise your name and we join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink, all of you. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his triumphant, glorious coming again. 
Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Can take and eat the body of Christ given for you. Amen. The blood of Christ shed for you. Pastor, take and eat. This is the body of Jesus Christ given for you. Amen. Forgiveness of sins. Pastor, take and drink. This is the blood of Christ shed for the forgiveness of your sins. Amen. For now we've been fed the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, a true means of grace. May it keep you in his grace. May it keep you in his joy. May it keep you in his peace. Amen. How we long to have our family back in this sick sanctuary. How we long to have you come and enjoy the worship service where we worship an audience of one. How we long to be at the table with you where we receive the true body and the true blood, that means of grace, forgiveness of sins, and salvation. And until that time comes, cling to this in this benediction, because He does daily. He is with you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord make His face be upon you and grant you His perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen our closing hymn until we meet again is King of Kings.
breath till that stone was moved for good for the lamb had conquered death and the dead rose from the dead